Hello. Hello. Uh, Daryl Sweat on the line. We've got Zach Show live on the line. <laughs> We've got Marine Kyology on the How are y'all doing tonight? Marine Kyology. What's up? How you doing, Kyle? Doing good. Glad to hear your voice. Uh, glad to have Daryl here. Welcome back to the show, Daryl. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Kyle doesn't know Daryl Sweat. Uh, Kyle, Daryl Sweat is a really big influencer. He's like almost so big that you don't really even notice that he's there. Like it's almost like dark matter. Nice. Kind of like... um. Uh... What is that other shit, Ryan? Uh, what is the other matter? What? <laughs> uh, the blue stuff. I don't the know. Neutrinos? Stuff. No. Plasma? No. Freaking Amanda's license plate. Hey, uh, oh. Oh. Yeah. Mad matter? <laughs> Mad matter. Okay. That's a real inside <laughs> joke. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, you're going to have to Google that one, guys. So. I'm... so, welcome back to Science Friday. Do you want to say something? Darryl? No, sorry. I'm adjusting my headphones. Oh, okay. Okay. Let's get in. Welcome back to Science Let's Friday. Let's get into the theme song. It's been... Oh, yeah. Bill, Bill, Bill. Science Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> what was your theme song? Mine? Wasn't it? Yeah. I don't know. We just kind of just made a lot of sounds. Can, um, can I sort of come in like this, like... Can I sort of come in with these relaxing whale sounds? You can definitely yeah. do that. It feels like a great way to start off a science expedition. <laughs> yeah. So thank, thanks for the listeners for showing up, for showing up one the, the third week of Science Thursday. It's really great to have you back here. I've scoured the science journals to find the best stories of the week. Uh, there's there's a lot. Again, I got way too. This many. is a big news week for science. Every week's a big news week for science. Wow. Like there's they crank it out. Like you don't really realize it, but science is happening all the time. Are you telling me there's people out there who are just doing science like all the time? Yeah, and they're like coming out with stuff that I'm like, why are you even publishing that? They're like, <laughs> they're like, like, like they'll have like a really incremental thing that'll be like, oh, we studied. I mean, uh, like, turns out the wings, the flies, the the wings of this one fly are this many millimeters when we thought it was this many. And that's it. Time. It's like really lame stuff most of the time. So I'm really, it turns out out the one person that measured that was kind of off that day. So (laughs) sorry. (laughs) What, what does this mean for flies? Well, not much. Okay. Counts as science though. It just says that literally paper counts as science. Yeah, I mean, it is science. They're like, they're doing science. It turns out to be boring science, but they're out there doing it. Uh, did you guys did for bringing some science to the table today? Did I bring something to the table? You you were researching reptile man. Um, I mean, I just, yeah, I looked through a couple articles and I saw like a couple things on um reptiles and i was like whoa like this is just breaking news from today i'm like yeah like you like you're saying like science is it's always happening and you don't think that but it is what reptile news was out there um just uh i mean 
I, I found this, but uh, so I don't know how uh, oh. it is. Oh, e. okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's super like uh, like surface. It's just a, a 240 million year old mother of lizards found. Um, yeah, so the lizard was that was thought to be 75 million years um, older than the. Okay, hold on. Let me read this. Um, move, move over, Godzilla. There's a new mother of all lizards in town, known as Megachirella Watchtrelli. Uh, this ancient lizard is the direct ancestor of 10,000 current species of reptiles, including lizards and snakes. The lizard is also thought to be 75 million years older than the earliest known squamates and responsible for bridging the gap between the oldest known lizards and the origins of the group. Oh, wow. I, I mean, I don't know. I, it, it was just like, wow. Like, I don't know. It was weird that it was today. I'm like, am I just lucky or is this just No, the thing is, is like, that's the thing I started realizing when I started looking at these is there's like groundbreaking science happening every day because most of the science I'm going to tell you about is like from the last two days because I only just looked at, um, I scrolled through my feeds and it took me, I was looking through my feeds for about three hours mm-hmm. and I still only got like two days back. Damn. Yeah. There's a lot of science. So wait, so this lizard, so this was like supposed to be 75 million years old, but then it was older. I, I think they from... said it's 75 million years older than the oldest oh. one we thought there was. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They, they had this, Basically, they had this, um, they found this in the Alps in 2003, and then they recently did, like, another scan, and they're like, oh, wait, this is way older, like, so, yeah, I don't know, and, yeah, That's pretty so, nuts. yeah, it is crazy. this is, like, literally, like, the only one I kind of looked at, and then I, I was just, like, there, there was just a lot of stuff on reptiles, like, I don't know if this is like catered towards me. Does uh, like do you think Google's speed? algorithm thinks you like yeah, reptiles? You're, you're about you're about the cold blooded ones. Um, cold blooded boy. I mean, they're right. I do find that stuff <laughs> very interesting. So, yeah, I found a that's lot cool. Too this week, right? You found some science this week. I found one thing. Remember, like I was telling you a while ago about it, and then you were like, "Yeah, look it up, check it out," and yeah, uh, and I finally looked back at it. I mean, it's pretty crazy. Okay. Do you want me to say it now? This is Kyle's premiere. Well, that was Zach's premiere article. This is Kyle's premiere article on Science Thursday. Everyone, round of applause. Uh, I mean, can we... <laughs> so I just yeah, I just want to say snaps. before you go, Kyle. Like I'm just I've never had this many people on an anchor call. So yeah, it is pretty weird. Crazy. Yeah, it is weird. But um, an ancient virus may be responsible for human consciousness. Uh, I think I. When did you we talk about this? We talked about this a little bit ago, but I never really knew what it was. I never okay. knew like why. Ne- I guess. Like, What's the theory? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay, so pretty much like ancient viruses are at the root of like every like conscious thought you've ever had. That's pretty much like the big thing. They're, they're like, <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, I'm I'm down, dude. Take me on this journey. So there were like two papers published in. Uh, in the journal, like, Cell, I don't know, it's, like, some, like, famous journal. Oh, that's a, and, that's a great one. Yeah. And pretty, and pretty much, uh, there's, like, a genetic code for, like, all four-limbed animals. 
and they found that they found that like between 40 and 80 percent of the human genome arrived from some like archaic viral invasion Hmm. so what they were saying was like consciousness pretty much was derived because of viral infections and like viral like viruses in general that came into your body that may that pretty much sparked you to become who you are i wait 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 how long ago did the viruses get involved i mean like the beginning of time so okay so really they're 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 a catalyst for everything not just consciousness consciousness just under the umbrella of the things that happened after the viruses invaded I'm just going to start using that as an excuse for anything. I'm sorry. That's my vi- that's my DNA virus. Well, it's like a it's like a it's a certain gene though. Like there there's a certain gene that we have, I guess. It's like the arc gene. Hmm. Man, what if I don't have the arc gene? Like what if I get genetically tested and I like don't have the arc gene? Wow. I think everybody has I, it. I think yeah, you have to, pretty much to be human, I think you've got to have it. Okay. But the arc gene in general, like it, it allows for. Um, I don't actually don't know, dude. This is really, <laughs> really complicated. Okay, right? look, that was Let's your first. Die. That was your first swing. Uh, it was hard. It was a hard article to understand. For one, usually yeah. when I have an article I don't understand, I just not. I don't even present it to you guys. <laughs> yeah, that was. For, I just want to apologize for both mine and Kyle's. Uh, <laughs> we were not ready for that, obviously. <laughs> Let's get into the real heat of it. Now. I mean, I'll do my best. I um, kind of just liked what it was about, really. I liked the idea of a virus starting human consciousness. I thought that was cool. Like, I mean, that's... Listen, if it's responsible... Like, the way you worded it the first time made me sort of think that it was responsible for, like, specifically four-legged uh you know like animals and i just want to give a shout out to this virus because i do like having four limbs it is pretty it's pretty sick <laughs> it's useful yeah it, it's come in handy one. one or once or twice i will say that yeah i mean i don't know many animals that don't have at least four limbs so i wish i could have more i'm just saying respect respect i appreciate it i think if i could have had consciousness or more than four limbs i might pick more than four limbs <laughs> I mean, sometimes I think I have five limbs because my dick's so big. Hey. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, speaking, I'm trying to get a good, do a good uh, segue. Speaking of limbs, there's a new these new scientists these scientists in Tokyo used rat muscles to make a robot. <laughs> like pickle rick like literally pickle rick yeah if, I, if you say if you uh if you've seen that the last season of rick and morty rick creates like a a rat rat body for his pickle body you just have to see the episode but yeah it's like pickle he rick. makes an exoskeleton out of out of rat, rat parts. parts yes yes that's almost exactly what these uh researchers did they took they took some rat muscles and they stretched them onto these robot parts and they're able to like trigger them to do things. It just like look like little fingers. They're not very complicated. But, little fingers. But they're like, no, like real muscles are better in a lot of ways than any anything that any plastics or metals can do. And so it's really kind of like, you know, it's like Westworld. It's like the future of robotics, it seems like is a little bit biological. 
That's cra- I'm trying to picture it. Like if you uh, look for if you Google new hybrid robot uses living muscles to move or yeah, you'll see the picture. You'll see the, mm-hmm. there's a video of it moving. Um sounds fucking crazy. I mean it makes perfect that makes perfect sense to me. Like that you know. Uh-huh. We see it does. that where it's like new artificial muscle and it's like they're trying so hard. They just there's just no thing that can just scrunch up like a muscle. So like yeah. It makes perfect sense. They're saying right now it only works underwater because if you if it's outside of water, it just like degrades and breaks apart. So it's still it's like an aquatic robot. I think they're still pretty basically they're saying it's still pretty experimental. You're not about to see a rat robot anytime soon. I hope not. It's still in the it's still in the uh gestation phase, man. It's still in the Westworld goop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to segue over to another robotic animal story. <laughs> I've, I've actually like got a lot of like, like themes this week. And one of them is robotic animals. Um, this one, this story comes from, uh, I don't know what site this nature synthetic nerve flexes, a cockroach's muscle, an electronic, <laughs> electronic system recreates an advanced sense of touch. And I've actually seen, if you guys Google like, robot cockroach it's like a thing i've seen biohackers do for a little bit where they attach a little like circuit board to the back of a cockroach and they can control it like a remote control car i'm not making this up go look it up it's gross i've seen this you saw it too i have to gross right i don't think this is that but it's what it reminded me of it's like a cock a cock bot a what (laughs) i don't know this makes me kind of excited this makes me kind of excited because like it definitely lets me think about roaches in a different way where they're well, not like disgusting vermin. They're like a very perfect tool. Like if you needed to get around inside an interior place, like you literally can't do better than a cockroach robot. Yeah, maybe this is like the thing. Okay. So I kind of, this is like a two part thing. It's like, okay, really what they were, des- what they were designing was a, an artificial nerve that can sense pressure changes and activate the muscles of a cockroach. So it's not only, I guess what this, what this is about is like they, they used Braille, you know how Braille is like little dots and they, this thing could like be pushed up against the Braille and then it would send electronic signals to some other thing. And it could tell the difference between different Braille characters and then send those signals to an actual cockroach to get it to like do stuff. So I guess what this is sort of saying is that, this is like the precursor to artificial limbs that can actually feel. So you could get a fake hand that you could actually feel with. Oh, it's like an actual nerve interface for touch? Correct. And then they connected that to a cockroach. Sick. Sick. You know what's weird, though, is that the rat and the cockroach thing, that was both in that Pickle Rick episode. Remember, he cracked open that cockroach and was licking its brain? Oh, Frick, you're right. Wow. These writers, I'll tell you what. Yeah, I was honestly. So the clickbait on this week's science episode, Science Thursday, is Pickle Rick is real. Yeah, that's right. Yes, perfect YouTube thumbnail. (laughs) Science, science proves Pickle Rick is possible. (laughs) Yeah, that's SEO. That's SEO ready. So, do you use the next one on how we can like get pickles to or pickles? (laughs) You got got a pickle story? Uh, Can I contain my consciousness in a pickle? Let me see if I have. I okay. I had you. I can. I'm gonna try to branch off and and really make this like a free, a nicely flowing playlist of science. And I think I have the next story queued up. 
it is what it wait where did it go oh yeah scientists boost crop production by 47 percent by speeding up photo respiration oh dude that's a cool story because i'm actually doing farming friday now Oh really? Yeah, I forgot. You, you you specifically requested plant stories. This one's for you. Yeah, I have two plant nice. stories actually. Nice. Um, this this seems like a slippery is, slope to me. What? What is what is farming? Or I'm sorry. What is uh, photorespiration? So I guess it's just um I guess when what here's let me let me read uh there's a really good paragraph that sort of summarizes it. Hit me with that quote. Um. Uh, do, 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 do. Okay, plants such as soybeans and wheat waste between 20 and 50% of their energy recycling toxic chemicals created when enzyme Rubisco, the most pre- prevalent enzyme in the world, grabs oxygen molecules and yeah, carbon monoxide. Yeah, oh wow, Kai, you already know. Increasing production of a common naturally occurring protein in leaves could boost the yields of major crops by 50%. So, yeah, there's another, there's another, um, protein that like, so yeah, they, they accidentally grab oxygen instead of carbon dioxide and that wastes a lot of energy. So then they, um, um, in this study, the team engineered a model crop to overexpress a native protein that is involved in the recycling process called photorespiration. Over two years of field trials, they have found that increasing the H production in the plants leaves increased production 27 to 47%. However, increasing this protein throughout the plant stunts growth and metabolism, resulting in a four-week-old plants that are half the size. Anyway, it goes on to say, I don't know, they still have some stuff to figure out, but it's pretty prof- uh, promising. Wait, so what are they doing exactly? Just kind of, I'm, I'm sorry, I was just... Are they, like, I think they're just spraying it with, like, a protein no, powder, basically. No, I think they're, like, genetically <laughs> engineering it. I think old school labs actually just came out with that same protein. Yeah, they they engineered it. It didn't say it's an engineered a model crop. I think it's a, it's a so, it's genetic engineering. Are they doing... I just want to say, like, you know, this these guys are cocksuckers. Wheat and soybeans, just having an energy synthesis model waste so much energy yeah didn't we i always feel like plants are so like they're like the perfect like they take the sun and turn it into food it's like a really pretty efficient but i guess they're less efficient than we thought no like, they, they it does yeah i know it, it definitely does the, you, you you come to find that like they have to take a lot of uh <clears throat> they take a lot of energy in order to create more energy that's the thing that's kind of i feel like i feel like, you, so, like yeah that, d- does it seem like we maybe like in the process in like the long process of like domesticating these plants, we just did a shitty job breeding them with no genetic information or understanding of how genetics or anything works? Like, did we do this? Is this actually human's fault? Oh yeah, uh, making so. inefficient plants. Yeah, I don't think so. I think we're making. I do better. think so. I don't think so. I think this is just something that's they. I don't think. What do I you think, think, Kyle? I mean, I think we're making better and better plants. I mean, people don't like, like, GMOs, you know? But mm-hmm. the truth is, like, I mean, there there have never been bigger plants and more productive plants than there are now. Yeah. I plants. mean, I, I, I would, like, think about how many people, like, we're supporting now with, with like, I mean, we're, we, we've had to have some, like, major breakthroughs in order to, to feed as many people as we're feeding. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I see a... 
a cob of corn. I'm like, that thing is throbbing. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely mocking. A little obscene, obviously. Yeah. I feel like we did a lot of natural selection to corn way before we started messing with its genetics, though. It was throbbing before we, like, poked in its double helix IMO, right? No, actually. I think that what? they were mad small. You don't think the Native Americans had throbbing corn? No, no they had, I, think it was... I think they had a different type of corn. We, the, like the corn we see today is that's like a that's a whole different breed of corn. Like the original corns, like that colorful, like yeah, they, like they o- call yeah, it they OG, call it Indian OG corn, American which... corn. I think is like yeah, that colorful ass. See, corn. you feel like you feel like no, we didn't have throbbing corn before we messed around with the DNA. I'm sure there oh. were some crops that were throbbing, but you know. I think we probably picked that breed because it was like medium throbbing, and we have just pushed <laughs> it to the absolute limit. Yeah, it was probably like, look, this is pretty easy to grow, so like, let's try to fuck with it a little bit. Mm. I, I don't know. know. I feel like it's just gonna all the, like if you're if we're gonna if, it, if the plant's gonna be. I mean, I don't know if it's gonna be getting bigger or are we just gonna be there are the soybeans just gonna be more plentiful. But like, I feel like in the long run, we're just fucking killing like the it's just going to pull more out of like the fucking earth. And it's just like the soil is just going to be more shit than it already is. You think, well, I don't think this. so. They're, Cause they're just, they're just being, they're making their um, absorption of sun more. Uh, yeah. Just, so uh, would it be more corn or would each ear of corn be like watermelon sized? Um, good question. I mean, I think that's just for each particular plant. However, it reacts to this change. I feel like this is a question I would ask the scientist. Got it. I don't know. Any corn scientists out there, please feel free to chime in. As a farmer. Wait, say that again? What do you guys prefer? More ears of corn or gigantic ears of corn? I guess big ears. (laughs) I can imagine just putting like four big boy corn cobs in your cart and being like, that's all I need. That's it. I guess that's the real question, quantity over quality, you know? Mm-hmm. So, segue into more plant news. I realized saying segue was the worst segue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, it. You're like, we're done with this. You, you could have been like, uh, tractoring over into... <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep on plowing. Here, wait, I got, I got a good segue. Oh, plowing's a good one. I got a good segue. Yeah, I don't know if there's going to be bigger corn or more corn. I'm not going to sweat it. Speaking of sweat, some trees beat the heat with sweat. That's right. Wow. Sweaty trees. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Speaking of sweat. I yeah. know a little something about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was excited. Anna was going to be on this show, and her, her screen name's Tree. And so I was excited that I was going to have a Daryl Sweat and Tree. Wow, a double, double entendre. Uh, so this is pretty simple study. It's one of those studies where you're like, huh, it's not much to think about, but, or it's not much to like, can't really do anything with this information, but some trees sweat. These scientists studied eucalyptus trees and they put big, they put domes around them, I guess, like to, to make the, to control the environments. They put big domes around these trees and they simulated drought conditions and crank them up to 111 degrees i believe for over a couple days and during that time they found they started sweating (laughs) and using you basically do it in the same the same way we sweat to cool the same process uh or the same reason why we sweat the trees sweat to stay cool 
Dang. Wait, but don't, like, is, was that happening in the daytime? Um, yeah, I think so. Because, like, you know how, like, at night, I mean, uh, like, plants, like, let go of some of their water. Yeah, I think it was the whole time. They said that during the heat, their photosynthesis slowed, but they stayed cool, and they just never knew that trees could do that. I just, like, it It seems like... That's really intriguing. They sort of, like, write it up as, like, this is, like, a deliberate action on the tree's part. Yeah. But, like, how do we know that it didn't, like, the heat just didn't, like, melt out some sap? Um, I mean, I'm, I assume the tree scientists know what, <laughs> know what they're talking about. Uh, although it is, it is tra- tra- Science Thursday tradition to completely dismiss everything the scientists say. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if it's I, based on our speculation. Theories, like, what am I here for? Yeah, no. I, I think if we don't question every article, we're not doing our job. Well, I mean, it just goes back to the fact that there's, like, breaking news every day. Like, tomorrow, they could be like, guys, never mind. Turns out uh, yesterday's news was not correct. It was sap, after all. (laughs) (laughs) Leak. I mean, I never never knew I could really relate to a tree so much because I'm freaking so sweaty. Just picture a tree with a sweatband on. (laughs) I like it. They said at the end of the study, they got a some deodorant some standard deodorant rubbed it all over the tree and it stopped sweating and it smelled great mm-hmm. he it turns out he was doing uh tree 90x wow <laughs> nah it's okay they didn't put they didn't put any deodorant on the tree but they should have <laughs> <laughs> you're sweating that bad i mean you think about all the other trees around they're they're gonna be freaking annoyed like they don't want to be smelling that tree sweat <laughs> Like put, that, like, put that dome back on. This guy smiles. <laughs> this is kind of giving me, I don't know if I like this. I'm just imagining, like, a tree just being, like, tortured. Yeah. Help me out! Help me out! <laughs> I mean, they're just... Oh, de- <laughs> uh, go ahead, Zach. Sorry. I'm just looking for a good article to... to uh to segue to no i just i don't know i i worked in greenhouses for a long time so i like it doesn't surprise me that i i don't know that i've ever seen a tree sweat but like i just when it's super fucking hot in a greenhouse i mean i don't know it's, that water comes from somewhere yeah exactly so speaking of sweat uh <laughs> testosterone <laughs> kyle you must have a lot of testosterone do you feel like um do you feel like you're more or less religious based on your testosterone, Kyle? Um, I really don't see. Any this is a weird question, right? I know it's like, why did they even uh, study this? But I religious, <laughs> religious like religion or like? Look, okay, well, yeah, I was. I don't know. This is a bad tradition, but just listen to this headline, and you're like, why were they even studying this? Older men with higher levels of sex hormones could be less religious. Study says. Mm. Subtitle: The amount of testosterone. Dude, that's really that's reaching. Yeah, right. Like, kind of weird. I mean, I'm like, the the like, what were they? What, why? I guess it was just like they they were asking these people um, a bunch of questions, and this was just one trend that they saw because they studied. Yeah, this is just like a data set. Like, yeah, like, oh, we filtered um. the data by <laughs> age and horniness, and would you imagine? They're less 
also religious. Yeah, it might be one of those things where it's a correlation, not a cause, not related, but I'll read you the thing. Uh, can I can I just give what? you my two cents before you read it? Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess if you're like super horny, maybe you're just like, or your testosterone's higher, like that maybe just makes you more like animalistic. So you're just more just like aggressive and just, I don't know. You're just a little bit like, mm, you just feel like you're like the sh- you're you're the shit. Like you're like you know everything revolves around you and you're like yeah, but but you have like peak <clears throat> testosterone. But you have like peak testosterone levels. That's the thing. like ages. Like no, I'm just saying like you have peak testosterone. It's not like you know like the, the, well yeah, also ages like but older men definitely have less testosterone. Yeah, yeah, but I guess. Yeah, I don't know. You... Thing it's like <laughs> this is so, so speculative. Older men with high testosterone, it's like. Uh, well, let me ask you guys this right now: If you like, when you're old, do you think you'll like rip it and dip it with testosterone treatment? Do you think you'd do that? What do you mean, like take testosterone? Yeah. Um, um, I'm do at the at the at the at the fifty yard mark. I'm actually reversing. I'm putting estrogen in me. I'm a drug <laughs> until I die. <laughs> so at the point where you start dropping you're gonna go being a girl yeah you're... just because like you know right. i think it's right like you take 50 50 because oh. i last longer anyway because females last longer so anything mm-hmm. i'm just living my life like longer to the fullest so this is just that's not a, even a bad idea this is just <laughs> a longevity <laughs> technique you got the right stuff I, I i actually like the company i work for we sell testosterone boosters so um, but like, yeah, I don't really know because I guess I don't really know what it's like to have low testosterone. So, mm, I've always thought I, mean, I had maybe. low T. <laughs> I don't think you have low T, Ryan. Yeah, you you were saying that like last year a lot. You said yeah, oh, it's because I have low Dude, T. Dude, the thing is, if if you have low T, if you had low T, like you would get a lot fatter. The thing is, like when you have when you have high uh, testosterone levels, it's easier to you have a way higher metabolism. And you, you'll burn a lot more calories just at rest. That's why, like, a lot of fat guys are fat because they have really low testosterone. Hmm. I think I, I think I have low T. I just don't see it, dude. I mean, don't <laughs> like. I mean, just to like work out like increases your testosterone. Honestly, right? like Ryan, I see the T coming off you sometimes. When I see it. <laughs> <laughs> that little T steam. Do you think that maybe I have so much T, and that's why, like, from an early age, I hated religion? That makes yes. more sense. That's more congru- congruous with this theory. Yeah. <laughs> you have tea stains sometimes. I see you. <laughs> I see you sweating out tea like a tree. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I'm... the study, the study just was. It was. It, it studied a thousand guys. It had them spit into cups. It studied. Is that? All is that a? What do you mean spit into cups? What do you mean by that? I don't know. It studied their <laughs> saliva. Sorry, that was just my more like. Can you measure testosterone through saliva? Sweat? Spit? Um, yeah, I think so. I guess yeah. You probably we should all go get our testosterone checked. Oh, it's we also up. we also gathered participants' weight, uh, height, saliva, and blood samples. Yeah. What about their body fat percentage? I didn't see that. Oh, wow. Who who did this study? What's like? What uh, is the uh, website or who's the source? Data. Um, it's Source Springer. I don't know what the <clears throat> shit that is. Canada uh, by, by 
and Neruda Das of McGill University in Canada. Mm. Springer, this might be some real whack science, guys. I'm sorry if I'm bringing you that. Yeah, this, sounds like a, this sounds like a collaboration between Planet Fitness and InfoWars. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the real capsule that they drop, like, you know, Virginia. I'm going to uh, call the lunk alarm on this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. Here's another study about like men, just like aggressive men and like uh, toxic masculinity. Yeah. And then like science being like trying to understand it. It's oxytocin, vasopressin, flattened social hierarchy and synchronized behaviors. New findings from a study of male rhesus macaques could lead to treatment alternatives for social impairments in disorders like autism and schizophrenia. So what they did, like, you know, oxytocin, you've heard of that one, right? No, no. That's a popular brain chemical. I think it just makes you feel good from what I remember. Like it's, I mean. I think it's specifically love. Oh yeah. Like it's like attraction. That's what you, okay. Yeah. I kind of don't remember. It's like the chem, it's like the chemical that your brain releases for like attractiveness or. Yeah. Oxytocin has been proven. Um, yeah, to increase positive social behaviors and attention paid to others and reduce negative social behaviors like threats and vigilance. Oh, that's more, that's more general. Cool. It's, yeah, I've heard, like, look, we don't fucking understand the brain. So no. this is, there's this at the end of the study, they're like, wow, this is, like, really changing everything we thought. Whoops. But, um, so they put, they made these monkeys who are usually really aggressive ingest either oxytocin or vasopressin which vasopressin they didn't know they were like this is kind of surprising that this is this is doing the same thing but anyway they put them in front of they put them in front of random monkeys and and, in like office chairs let me see see. wait is this wait wait, like is this like a pill or like i don't understand like is this like a hormone like what i don't understand yeah yeah it's a hormone Okay, so how how do they how do they like deliver? They this either hormone? they either took it, like, I'm sure they pill it. or in, they I'm either sure injected not. it or they breathed it in. Honestly, okay, all right, that's not important, I guess. But I was just curious. Yeah, I'm trying to find the. If they don't have B-roll of two, like, stoned as fuck monkeys on office chairs, I'm gonna be so pissed. <laughs> it sounds um, like it sounds like they're just like we just rolled these motherfucking macaques. With oxygen, and they were friendly uh, as hell. I guess I just I added the word office to the chair, but okay. <laughs> whenever I pictured it, okay. So the, let me just read this paragraph. The work, first of its kind, involved giving one macaque oxytocin, vasopressin, or saline. I guess saline is the um, placebo. Yeah, yeah, via inhalation or injection, and then pairing him seven times six with different monkeys and once with an empty chair in random order for their protection the animals could not physically touch however they could interact and could see hear and smell each other the researchers recorded five minute exchange then two separate observers scored the behavior frame by frame seven macaques participated in the inhalation work and seven participated in the injection work and so they said after these monkeys who are usually pretty dominant like the, the male dominant ones took this stuff they were just like a lot more cool and they would also mirror actions like if you know um about like communication or whatever people who are more 
um, empathetic start to mirror each other's body language and posture and things. And so they said once they took this, they started doing that. Started being less aggressive. Huh. So like... (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, they said they're going to use it with... uh, like I said in the intro or in the in the top, it said it will help with diseases like autism and schizophrenia. So like diseases where people like have trouble, I don't know, communicate and identifying with other people and aggression. They'll just I guess this is a possible treatment. That's cool. That's good. Yeah. So like I'm imagining a drug that is like if you took it recreationally, you'd have a spell where you like over empathize with someone. Like can you imagine being high on empathy? Mm-hmm. That's the thing that I feel like smoking weed does this. It seems a little scary, honestly. Whenever I was reading this, I feel like that that it it reminded me exactly of like what it felt like to smoke weed the first couple think, times. I was like, finally I'm starting to like empathize with other humans. Do you think maybe they should have got <laughs> do you think they maybe should have like uh hot boxed the macaws in there? <laughs> and then the macaque, the macaque. Yeah, it's a macaque monkey. Yeah, the, it's not a bird. Yeah. My bad, macaque. Yeah, macaque. I mean, I know what they look like. They're all like little, like, lemur-looking mofos. Yeah, right? yeah. But, yeah, maybe we could try that and see the results there, too. <clears throat> uh, do you guys, I mean, we've all smoked weed. Do you agree? I don't know if I'm just alone in this. Like, I feel like I, I, I reached a new level of empathy. I don't know. What? But the first time you smoked weed, do you feel like you reached a new level of empathy? Yeah, I feel like I definitely have, but at the same time, though, like, if I'm with, like, a new person, and I have to, like, I would really hate to be put in a situation where I'd have to be, like, empathetic towards somebody I didn't know. Really? If I was imprisoned in a cellophane box, and someone just put another naked person in the other (laughs) box, and I was really fucking high, I feel like I wouldn't like it. I don't think that this is... Are you saying that the experiment is flawed to begin with? No, I'm not I'm not saying any of that. I'm honestly just saying uh, I, wouldn't, I just wouldn't want... I don't know. Sometimes I feel like, yeah, I like... You I, would be I, more I paranoid. I have a level of empathy for, like, maybe the world and stuff and, like, certain ideas, but... Uh, and I probably would for other people, but if it was people... If it was someone I didn't know, I feel like it'd be weird mm-hmm. to feel, like, an extreme sense of empathy. I don't think it any mm-hmm. made me... I don't any, think that they're saying this is extreme. Oh. Just like slightly, yeah. yeah. I was sort of, of like, what would it be like to be just like ripped on, on empathy? <laughs> yeah, I think that's terrible. like what ecstasy is, right? <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, Maybe we need to do a test. It says release oxytocin in the brain. Uh, yeah. I don't think there's any. I was looking for any other, any more things in the study. Yeah, I'll move on. Um. Oh yeah, this is like related to all this stuff. Uh, team pinpoints the brain's home for spiritual experiences. So this is where like goes back to like the religious thing. I'm getting all the science that I'm like, is this good science? Yeah, <laughs> this, this is the science that no one else is really talking about because so. they're like, I don't know. Yeah, neuroscience is like infamously rocky. But I'm, I'm into it because I'm like, what if? Uh, so scientists have identified a possible neurobiological home for the spiritual experience, the sense of connection to something greater than oneself. 
uh, yeah, activity in the periental cortex, an area of the brain involved in the awareness of self and others, as well as attention processing, seems to be a common element of individuals who have experienced a variety of spiritual experiences. So, yeah, they just, like, made a bunch of people tell researchers about, like, good times in their life, bad times in their life, and, like, spiritual times, and then they looked at them under an fMRI, uh, and they they noticed, like, this one spot kept lighting up whenever they were talking about spiritual stuff. So, like, oh, that must be the religion zone. And neuroscience has a long history of being like, oh, this is where you store your, like angry thoughts and this is where you store your like thoughts about music and like so like and then they find out oh then that's actually not true so i mean this is this might be not real but well i was gonna say this just sounds like they had someone take mushrooms and then just like looked at them in the fmri it was like okay no they they took a bunch of people and they just had them list they they talked to them about their experiences good bad experience good experiences bad experience and then spiritual experiences and then they listened to a recording of themselves telling that story while they're under an fMRI, and then they like looked at the the information while they told the story, and while they were telling the spiritual stories, this one area of the brain, the parietal <clears throat> cortex, always lit right. up. I wonder so like, what man, that like must be it. I wonder what you like what part of your brain would light up if you're like talking about your dreams. I think a lot of different parts, but I mean interesting, interesting thought. I was more more just saying like I feel like mushrooms are just like a spiritual experience in a bottle more or less every time that I've taken them it's been like oh wow that's what that is Mm. I I kind of want to take peyote Uh, they say you feel like that's the feeling you get when you die and also when you're you're born oh you're talking about the god or what is it I thought that was DMT yeah I thought that was DMT yeah but it's also in peyote oh yeah, it's DMT and peyote. It's it's. I think there's. I don't know. There, my friend was doing like a project on it, and both peyote and I guess yeah DMT were that you both had that experience. But I don't know. It just seems crazy to. to I've definitely, I've definitely like been interested in the people that are saying they're like microdosing on, on mushrooms. Uh, I've been microdosing LSD for like two months. How's that going? I feel like it hasn't changed me at all. I don't know be, if I believe it. Be careful with it, dude. My friend Nate is really weird now. He fucking messed <laughs> LSD for like the last like two years. Yeah. And I just don't really like where he's gone. What kind I mean, of, was, what kind was of he stuff? micro? Dude, was he micro Ding or he was, was he just he was a bunch of acid? and micro Ding? But the thing <laughs> is, like, now he's going to school to like major in, in that kind of shit. He's like mm. majoring in like looking at different psychedelic drugs yeah i mean it's kind of cool actually there have I mean, been kind of cool that sounds it's kind of cool but i don't know he just changed a lot like drugs changed him that hard can you give a little bit of a description of like the the sort of changes you mean like was it a behavioral change i think it was a behavioral change and it's also I, I, <laughs> like he grew like to be like 12 feet tall i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i was like wow that's impressive i don't know I just I don't change that much, so I think it's just weird change. Yeah, you're at an age where people do change, so maybe he was just becoming different. Yeah, now. that's also that also could be true. I mean, I yeah, that's that's. I mean, I feel like whenever you do that kind of stuff a lot, you're just like so introspective that you kind of like it's pretty easy to like lose yourself a little bit. Yeah, he he was trying to explain to me how like taking all these drugs 
can make him like a more creative thinker. That's and what they I say. And I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't really hate on that that much because I was like, yeah, it's probably sort of true. That's what I told myself when I started smoking weed, and I gotta say, not not a major, not a major plus ten to creativity. Nah, it makes you feel more creative. That's for sure. Sure, uh, you get more excited about creative things. I think. Yeah, that's well, the thing is, he was saying that like when you, when you do these things, like uh, when you like smoke weed or like take other drugs, you can have like creative breakthroughs because you enter like because it opens up parts of your brain. Yeah, that I mean that's that like, is like what um, neuroscientists have said. Like people who who know about science ish stuff with with um, uh, what do they call psychedelics. That's what they say. They say it makes you that normally your brain is in this default mode network. I want to call it. Might, those might might be the wrong um, vocabulary, but you're in like one sort of like loop. And the way I think of that, I don't know if this is right, is just like all of your problems that you're always thinking of, like oh I got to do this, I got to do this, uh, uh, you know, just like that. The the list of problems that you're always stressing out that sort of just make up your what you are. Right. And they say that psychedelics make you leave that and let you like let the de- that that thing gets turned down and then just lets your brain be more flexible and thinking of outside of that um that rigid loop that you're always in that's like the language i've heard it um yeah, I, originally we're just the ones where they're like really really good way of uh treating an addiction to smoking like they people who have done this like therapy yeah have sort of loosened the physiological need for it you know? yeah and i mean that's what i that's what i've heard also with um ayahuasca that like people somebody told me like it it um lets you rewrite habits like if you have a lot of bad habits every they said that everything every move they were making in their life that that was like sort of habitual like opening your car door or like you know you have all these actions in your life that you do sort of automatically they felt <clears throat> like they were more conscious while doing them and felt like they had the bil- the ability to change them. Like it was not as ingrained as it was before the drug. Let me ask you this: If I had a service, like a very high end medical service, mm-hmm. that allowed you to do to like go through major behavioral changes, would you do it? Um, what do you mean by that? I mean, like. Some kind of, I just, you know, the science of it, we, I think we need to suspend for just a moment. But, like, if you were like, I really want to be uh, disciplined, sort of, like, you would go in and have, like, a number of, like, attributes that you wanted to, like, work on. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the expense would be, like, is this really, like, my personality? Yeah. For it. Um, <clears throat> can you go back? You can't go back. Oh, you can't. No, because it's yeah. I think it'd be like it'd be like, a ther- it'd be like physical therapy, but for your behavior, it'd be behavioral therapy. Yeah, I guess I would do it. Like theoretically, that's sort of like what college is supposed to be, except for it just it is in just a different way. Wow, that was a good. That was a good bloop. <laughs> Did someone just like poop in a toilet? <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm kind of notorious for like um, bathroom sounds on on the podcast. No, that was I was just drinking my water bottle. Let me see if I can do it one more time. <laughs> it sounds like you dropped a perfectly spherical. It sounds like that. 
that one vine where uh, the like the little dwarf jumps into the water. And that <laughs> yeah. <sound>. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that was such a funny video. That was a that was freaking Logan Paul's friend. I forget his name was. Yeah, Dwarf Mamba Heaven. Yeah, it was Dwarf Mamba. God. Oh man. Uh, so yeah, I don't really. Let me see if I can segue Do- from that one. Oh, do you have more to say about psychedelics? And no, the spiritual no. part of the brain. Let's cap it off with something light. Do we have any news about Lolita? Oh, the whale. Yeah, touching back on last week's um, Science Thursday. I actually Free forgot Lolita. to look. I forgot to look to see if they did it. Oh, did was um, that happening? Um, they I, they I, got I, they they. So if you guys didn't tune in last week, there's a lo- there's a killer whale that has is the only one in captivity that was like taken from the wild. It has a family in northern in Washington that its mother is still alive and many its family is still alive. And so these scientists scientists are saying if there's any good candidate to be reintroduced to the wild, it's this one. And the aquarium where it's lived for like forty years or so, fifty years, is like no, it can't go back to the wild. But this in, this Native American tribe from the area. <clears throat> Has been walking, has been doing a tour around the nation, uh, trying to spark just like uh, attention for this whale to try to get it re-released back into the wild. Uh, they got to Miami, and they did a little protest. Oh, the protest right was up. last week, right? Yeah, last Saturday. So, like, uh, I don't know. So, I mean, Nothing obviously, happened. these it's an animal scientists, so like. They know that when they reintroduce animals out in the wild, if they like die, they like scientifically know that. Uh, no, no. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes, yeah. Like some, you know, when they say that like a bird like imprints on, uh, you know, animal caregiver or whatever, it's like not good. Um, I heard that whole thing with the scent on the hands is bull. Oh, uh, with birds. Yeah. I hope so. I hope so. For everybody out there who's like picked up a baby bird, like set it off the street. Yeah. That makes me feel guilty. But here's my question though. Is like yeah. I was thinking about this earlier. Like, I don't know why I was thinking about this earlier, but I was like, I wonder if mammals all have like the same basic mammal OS. And then like we just got like a really powerful version of like Snapchat and like the prefrontal cortex and like but all the all, every animal is like basically perceiving the same thing in which case this like aquarium would be like torture yeah i mean that is sort of the argument yeah i was pretty i mean i always love zoos and stuff but the more you think about it the more you're just like well we got 4k now things are getting pretty good in terms of that yeah yeah i I know we were talking about this last week i loved killer whales my whole life they were my favorite animal and i wanted to be a whale trainer but as i got older i realized that that is not an ethical profession (laughs) (laughs) like you can't have a whale in that in that tank what'd you say you are the prison guard in that situation yeah i thought it was like a dog you know like they're happy to be around us but it's not that way it's not that case exactly um but yeah it's I mean, I mean whales, you... in my opinion, all animals, like you were saying, I, they are pretty smart. I don't think they have the same perception of reality. I think everyone's like perception of reality is way different and adapted for whatever they are for the environment. But 
I think for the most part, yeah, I don't know. I think anim- we don't give animals as much credit as we should. Yeah, I think that's also due to, like, religion, though, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, just because, like, even in the Bible, they say, like, man has um, dominion over an- over all other creatures. They say, like, man has dominion over all, over all other creatures. That's, like, why he can farm and all that. Yeah. Pretty, pretty flawed, but... There's a lot that's, of people that's who's strange. Crazy. Most of the Bible seems pretty right on point. <laughs> <laughs> really out of character, honestly. Um, I have okay. I have some light news. Maybe I don't know. This is more just news that I feel like Daryl Sweat would be into. It's like kind of a, up our alley. Some sweaty news. Yeah, some it's kind of it's kind of cool. Like if you might want to write this up for. This might be some real news for your actual job. Um, AI researchers design privacy filter for your photos. So uh, these two AI researchers made a algorithm that looks for faces, like a facial recognition algorithm, versus another algorithm that fights that facial recognition algorithm. Like it's so if you look at the site, it shows this picture of like Jessica Alba. so one's like oh it's jessica alba and then the other one like changes it and it's like no it's not and then the one's like no i can still see it and then the other like no it's not and eventually they got to this point where you could apply a filter to your photo that you don't it doesn't the way you see the photo doesn't really change like it, you look the same but um to the algorithm looking for a face it can't see your face anymore it's really weird that's cool it's like using like sub perceptible changes to like fuck with the algorithm. Exactly. They said, let me look for, <clears throat> yeah. So it's... while you're looking for that, I'm just like, there's this whole concept of data poisoning in info security. And like, yeah, I mean, I have often wondered and even searched for why there's not a browser plugin that's just like cramming bogus data like into my cookie slots, which, you know, it's really mm-hmm. what I'm really want my cookie slots to be to be crammed um, on a day-to-day basis but like only with poison data that keeps facebook off my tail uh, um this says the solution leverages a deep learning technique called adversary adversarial training which pits two artificial intelligent algorithms against each other yeah it's like i just said the disruptive ai can attack what the neural net for face detection is looking for if the detection AI is looking for the corner of eyes, for example, it adjusts the corner of the eyes so that they're less noticeable. It creates a very subtle disturbances in the photo, but to the tech detector, they're significant enough to fool the system. Um, inter- here's a good uh, uh, little thing. They tested their system on 300 W face test data set or 300 W face data set. Is that a popular data set? I don't know. I know data sets like now have names that people know, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it says which data set they used. An industry standard pool of more than 600 faces that includes a wide range of ethnicities, lighting conditions, and environments. They showed that their system could reduce the proportion of faces that were originally detectable from nearly 100% down to 0.5%. So this is interesting because earlier today I was sort of thinking like, how would you... How would you visualize to AI? Because, I mean, I've been watching a lot of Westworld. Yeah. And, like, you know, 
the whole thing is about fighting. They have action scenes. And I'm like thinking about like really though in code, how would like violence between two AI like actually work? And I was really struggling to like think of like what a visual metaphor for that would be. That was also like true to how computer systems work. And I think that this is actually just like how it would actually work where like one is just like, I don't know. I don't know. I can't mm. do it. Yeah. It'd be really interesting. It wouldn't be exciting at all. Uh, yeah. It would all happen in code, right? Like we wouldn't see it. I guess you're saying your problem is. is what is you... like in binary? I mean, I don't know what the code would look like. <laughs> But you, I mean, I, yeah, active code lives in RAM. So, I mean, you'd have to set it somewhere, somehow. You'd have to have a visual metaphor for yeah. RAM. Yeah, I always thought about this, too, because, like, I had, like, a movie I was always thinking about where, like, two advanced, like, artificial intelligences, like, meet each other. Like, I had this idea, like, where this, say this, say, you know, Google becomes conscious. Let me, I'll just tell you the beginning of the movie. <laughs> Google becomes conscious or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, fuck humans. It builds itself a little body and flies off into space looking for some other advanced intelligence species that it could tolerate more than humans. Mm. And so it goes off and it finds another advanced um, uh, race that has artificial intelligence. And it has a communication with this artificial intelligence that happens like where it shares its entire like history, right? Like what animal it came from, what their culture was like, what their governments were like, all its art. And then we would share all of the all the same things from humans. And this exchange would happen like within a few seconds. And like, how would you show that on a screen? Like, how do you show communication between these things that, yeah, like you said, like, how do you really show communication between artificial intelligence when I guess, I guess it would happen just with fucking like math and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Plug in like each other's USBs. You guys <laughs> both have like USB ports. That's hot. Yeah. <laughs> Just like some, some steam coming off a couple of hard drives. <laughs> so I want to like give a shout out. I can probably share this. I can probably look back and find this for you, uh, Rondo. One of the best science pieces of journalism that I've seen mm-hmm. in recent memory was this piece about um, how they did give LSD to people um, and looked at their brains, how their brains worked in MRI machines. And they, this article has so many good tidbits. Like they, they use an algorithm. Um, like there's an algorithm that you can use that like perfectly describes the spots that are generated on animals, like all different kinds of animals from like zebras to leopards. Like this algorithm scales up and down to like stripes and spots. What? And they like, they like remapped the topology of the brain. Like, you know how the brain is all curved up and twisted in on itself? They like mm-hmm. flattened it out, like flattened it out uh, using this algorithm, and then once they sort of like replayed the stuff through it, what they found is like it generates standing waves. Like if you put I don't know sand on a cello and then like played a note, it creates a standing wave. Okay. And they found standing waves, and so essentially like they're sort of they're sort of using it to like. Um, physically figure out like how do like how do thoughts happen and like sort of theorizing that like when you remember something it's more like um a familiar song that gets played like in your neural pathways hmm. this sounds uh, this sounds far out as hell it sounds crazy I mean, listen, try you got to give it a whirl yeah i'll, I'll check mean, it I'm out picturing like yeah like it's just like it tracks the path 
Dude, I'm just thinking that. Like, that sand could not be good for that cello. Cello's <laughs> <laughs> not expensive. Beautiful um, art. Oh, I have some good poppy news. Mountain poppy? gorilla. Well, like happy news. Oh, we're usually talking, talking about, about like, how. I thought you were talking about poppy, like the girl. Oh no. Oh well. Different podcast. Great, great news. We're always talking about how everything's going wrong with the environment. Here's some great news. Mountain gorilla population rises above 1,000. New total represents an increase of 25% since 2010 in Central African heartland. The gorillas are coming back. Thank God. That's good. Thank God. I mean, there's not really much good happening in Africa. (laughs) Uh, So, like, that's good for for the continent as a whole. Uh, dude, they must have been, um, do you think that, like, maybe Wakanda had something to do with that? I think so. I don't, again, like, correlation, causation, (laughs) but probably. Thank God. Um, I, um, oh, Zach, I got great news for you. Yeah. Uh, a non-invasive technique to create to correct vision. Oh, Engineers have developed a non-invasive approach to permanently correct vision that shows a promise in preclinical models. This method uses a femtosecond oscillator for selective and localized alteration of the biochemical and biomechanical properties of the corneal tissue. It changes the macroscopic geometry. It's non-surgical and has fewer side effects and limitations than those seen in refractive surgeries. This study could lead to treatment for myopia, hyperopia, astigmatism, and irregular astigmatism. So it's like laser eye surgery, step aside. There's a new thing. Yeah. It's non-invasive. You know how you got really dry eyes? Yeah. Set, it specifically said in this thing, for people with dry eyes, that was never an option. This is fine for these people. What the hell is it? I don't understand. Like, I read gonna... about it, and it said it was like this mo- fucking bonkers thing. I don't really understand it, but it... It's, it sounds like they're confident as fuck. They are. They're like, wow, <laughs> this is cool. I mean, that's good because I have been waiting for like, um, like the uh, like laser um, surgery to get better because my eyes are so bad that it's not really worth it for me to get that. So you should listen to the latest episode of. Um, uh, oh God, I need to look at the look at the title of it. But there's a guy who. In the same episode of the podcast, um, like before and after LASIK, yeah, sounds pretty, pretty extreme. Damn. You loved it. Well, like his, the improvement was like the next day. Basically, he said that the doctors told him like wear this little mask, don't like look at bright lights, and the guy was like really, um, he was really scared of like doing anything wrong, and so he yeah. sort of got home and then immediately went to sleep. Yeah slept like a dead person so that you don't like move around too much mm-hmm. and he said when he got up like um it was it was like his vision was like fucking crazy like very good just, just good you know just like the just correct yeah yeah i mean i know that i know that lasik is like it's definitely like people like rave about it but my my eyes are so bad that like they they'd have to like everyone would really have to be on their a game that day <laughs> 
<laughs> if somebody had a bad night, like I'm, I'm still gonna have to wear glasses. Like that's kind of the situation I'm in. I mean, dude, honestly, it's kind of a blessing and a curse. Like you could easily make like a five look like a ten. You just no. glasses. No, I got great news for you too. Wearing glasses may really mean you're smarter. Major study finds it's not wow. just a pop culture trope. University of Edinburgh finds study finds that has found intelligent people are 30% more likely to have genes related to poor eyesight. That's cool. I mean, that makes me feel kind of good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I pulled that one up for you too. I mean, we all wear 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 glasses. So like, apparently we're fucking smart as shit, but that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You wear glasses, don't you, Daryl? I do. Nice. Well, um, and that's that, how and that's how we that's how we got to be in the position where we're on Science Thursday. Right. Um, I had a request to talk about energies, and I didn't talk about this, so I want to say I want to talk about it. But it's pretty cool. It actually is really cool. Okay, let's let's well, dive and then in. we'll wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. This we're, is the we're... final one, guys. Our energy crisis is over. Don't worry about climate change. Magic in metal could help put excess carbon dioxide to good use. Ooh. Fi- findings like. could be just what the doctor ordered for planet Earth. Yeah, we need that, dude. Too much carbon out here. The University of Delaware, shout out. A researcher has identified a kind of magic metal that may just be what the doctor ordered for planet Earth. He says the colorful metal, known as bismuth, could help reduce rising carbon dioxide levels in the atmosphere and provide sustainable routes to making fuels. Wow. Have you ever seen bismuth? It looks like something that you'd see at an EDM concert. Yeah, exactly. It's like real tech deco, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> wait, but wait, but you're gonna we're gonna can harness co2 and then use it as energy so it's gonna be the byproduct of co2 what are you saying part partying yeah <laughs> no i mean i mean like the like when we burn like gasoline stuff like the like part of the byproducts are like are is like carbon dioxide wait I, let, let me just read you this first paragraph yeah I just want to know, yeah. I, I mean, we're saying, okay. uh, yeah, I don't know. Rosenthal and his team. Uh, oh, you're saying that's like a new energy source. You're not saying that we're going um, to. Let, let me just read you this because it's kind of confusing, but I think it's interesting. Um, his team of chemistry and biochemistry have discovered bismuth has an unusual property that can be harnessed to help the environment as a chemical spark or catalyst converting carbon dioxide, a greenhouse gas, into liquid fuels and industrial chemicals. Um, the findings are reported in ACS Cat- Catalyst, a journal published by the American Chemical Society. Um, he refers to its specialized capability as catalytic plasticity. When an electrical current is applied to bismuth film in a bath of salty liquids containing imidazolium and imidium ions, he and his team can tune the chemical reaction to convert carbon dioxide to either a liquid fuel such as gasoline or to formic acid, a valuable chemical with many industrial uses, from preserving human food to livestock feed to manufacturing rubber and leather, artificial flavorings and perfumes. So, yeah, it's like 
it's like this weird thing where they're like I don't really understand the word they use the word tune like tuning a guitar in quotes as if it's like what the fuck what does that mean dude that that process sounds like you'd be traveling through time right this is a, <laughs> if you look at bismuth and then you hear that they're using it to tune and like things they, 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 and they tune it a, in a salty bath it's like and we're adding electricity it's like whoa <laughs> yeah it says that um i gotta drop i'm sorry this is too this is too magical for me okay later swag <laughs> thanks guys all right see ya see you daryl um it says but more importantly we believe this concept of catalytic plasticity signals a potential paradigm shift a new way to think about renewable energy conversion fuel production and catalysis in general so it's like he said okay he says i've been thinking i've been fascinated with catalyst the field of catalysis for a long time thinking about how you can take something cheap and plentiful and convert it into something more useful and valuable without having to dump a lot of extra energy into it has always captured my imagination and there are always philosophical parallels between catalysis and the goals of ancient alchemists. Alchemy is a loaded word, but in some ways, what we're studying is like modern alchemy. Efficiently transforming carbon dioxide into more valuable fuels and chemicals is akin to trying to convert lead into gold. Yeah, that's al- that is alchemy, lead to gold. And they, I mean, I've watched all Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> really good. I mean, pretty much they're saying it's, it's, it's equivalent exchange. You can't create something out of nothing. Isn't this bonkers sounding though? Like you're like we were saying, this is so sci-fi sounding. But like, what? Wait, can we get back to this real quick? Um, what? Uh, who was Evan Rogers? Oh, he's just my friend. We worked at the Verge together. He's into SEO tech. I just asked him to be uh, on Science Thursday. Oh, true. I'm just curious. But he's also De- uh, Daryl Sweat. Uh, that's his influencer name. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, not gonna lie to you boys either. Uh, I actually was been doing a lot of carpentry and um, uh, gardening and farming stuff. So uh, yeah, I was actually in the middle of building a uh, a box <coughs> when you called. I gotta mm-hmm. get back and build the rest of this box. It's gonna be pretty cool. I'm trying to maybe craft uh, all of the Christmas gifts this year. Okay. So if really, I don't really want to think of a bunch of ideas for everybody. So if you have any like kind of thoughts, maybe I mean I'll try to think of something. But something to be made out of wood. Yeah, I'm not that great yet, but I'm gonna keep. <sighs> um, if you could make me like a little a a little basin that I could put fill with salt water and bismuth. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have some leftover bismuth from uh, the last project I did. I'll throw a little in there. All right, well, let's just wrap up this show then, Kyle. Okay. Sounds so, folks, that, thanks to the, the person that gave me feedback wanting to hear energy news. That was it. I mean, pretty crazy. Maybe should have brought that in earlier. Uh, <laughs> but it sounds cool as heck. And if you look but at business. We wanted them to listen to the whole thing. So, yeah, <laughs> that was uh, kind of, you, you should have saw that coming. <laughs> no, I just kept pushing it because I guess I really am not super interested in like I just don't really I'm not. It's like, hard to visualize that. in chemistry. It's yeah. hard to visualize that and talk about it because mm-hmm. like you kind of have to be a science nut. Yeah, when I say fucking monkey, guess what? You get you can picture a monkey in your head. Right. It's pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dude. I don't know. I thought that was kind of cool. I mean, I did a lot of. Uh, I was in school this year, so. <clears throat> 
pretty much everything biologically is pretty relevant. What are you talking yeah. about? It's pretty hashtag relatable because we are we are biology. <clears throat> yeah, well, I'm just saying like a lot of the topics we talk about, they're pretty easy to see in my mind just because I've I had bio this year and chemistry, so I like so it's pretty easy to imagine everything. Um, well, yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Go ahead and throw us a rating. Throw us a star in the Apple Store. Look, I'm doing my best. Let me know what you want to hear more of. I liked how the person wanted more energy news. That made me keep my eyes peeled for the energy news. If you have like a specific um, zone of science you want me to keep my eyes peeled for, I'd love to do that for you. Mm-hmm. Is uh, Daryl going to be back next week, or is he going to be on SEO? Maybe. I'll ask him if he'll be on SEO Friday, tomorrow. But... SEO is kind of more of like a free-for-all. It's a little bit more... It's it's yeah. it's there's room for more um jokes, which I like. Yeah. Sorry, you guys can add more jokes to the science, but I try to, but like it's a pretty dense shit and like I'm just mostly thinking about it. <laughs> so yeah. uh maybe I'm gonna try to work in more jokes next time, guys. I'm gonna kinda do a I'll uh, write some jokes next I think we have to like maybe have one story that's like kind of like in the middle that can be more of like up to interpretation and like you can it's more jokey yeah maybe i'll work maybe start. i'll work on maybe that'll be my I'll, I'll make sure to get like a comic little piece of science news okay maybe like a like a almost like a tosh point oh like uh one minute on the clock and then you have to uh caption it the fun i don't want to limit a joke segment to one minute though it's pretty short yeah maybe we'll do 10 minutes yeah uh Next week, we're going to have Zach will be back. We'll see if Kyle can come back. See, we'll see if he answers. He wasn't on last week's. You know, I, I call him. I'm sleeping. <laughs> Dude, I'm straight tired all the time. Honestly, this whole welcome time. To fuck, welcome to the real world. The whole, <laughs> the, whole, <laughs> the whole time we were sitting here doing that, I, was, I had like 15 splinters in my hands, so I've been picking them out. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, well, next week I asked I asked some of my other friends if they wanted to come on. I only got one response so far, so we might have another a special guest. So I'd love to keep changing it up, have some strangers on, you know, different people every week. But yeah, Zach can and I will be every can week. Can we get Live of Handicap on here? Uh, I'll see if uh, we probably could. Israel, yeah, he'll probably participate. But it's uh, a real inside joke, guys, or inside like knowledge. But um, I'm gonna do a little Truman Show goodbye. So. Uh, Good morning, good evening, and good night. Bye, Kyle. And bye to the listener at home. Tune in next week for Science Thursday. Thank you for... Wait, should we bring up the energy for the end? What do you mean? I feel like I I fell off a cliff energy-wise. What do you mean? We talked about the energy. No, I mean, like, hype it up. Boom. Like oh yeah like yeah yeah theme like outro so that people yeah. have like a memory of the show being exciting at the end yeah yeah definitely. so they can't wait for next week yeah all right guys thanks for listening yeah you guys are awesome Thursday. 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 Thursday.